One thing that's keeping me stuck and hurting is the is the thought that they might have been my soulmate or they might have been my twin flame. I've never felt that way about anyone else. Like, what if they were my soulmate? Yeah. <laughs> Soulmates aren't just romantic. There can be soulmate friends, family, um, co-workers. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's you, Janice. I mean, we're friends too, but... <laughs> I would love to, though. That's hilarious. <laughs> Co-workers. Yeah. If you're lucky enough, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to The X-Files, a podcast about breakups, broken hearts, and moving on. I'm Claire. And I'm Janice. We are breakup coaches, here to help you beat your breakup, heal your broken heart, and move on to an amazing, abundant life. Hello, everyone. Welcome, welcome. We are recording this episode on 2-2-22, which we thought was a very auspicious day to record our woo-woo episode. Yeah, I love this idea. We actually switched up our recording schedule because Claire figured out that this would be an auspicious day. (laughs) Yep. I love it. So um, this episode is all about woo-woo things that we do to make ourselves feel good. Um, And recording on this day seemed very fitting because numbers that repeat like that are known as angel numbers. And some people use these as signs from the universe that they're on the right path or for other messages as well. I particularly like repeating ones. So like 1111 feels like a big hug from the universe. Um, But pretty much any repeating number for me, I'm like, oh, cool, good sign. Whereas for some people, maybe like repeating eights or something would be a bad omen, but I don't mess with that. I don't go too deep into it. I'm like, okay, (laughs) universe, any repeating numbers, I will just see them as positive. So, yes, before we dive in, we just would love for you, if you are enjoying The X-Files, to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other people find the show. And if our DMs and um, the feedback we've gotten over the past year or so has been any indication, people really enjoy this. So, pay it forward. Yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to say it does help people find us. That is for sure. And it is very encouraging for us to get those. It helps us keep going. (laughs) We love hearing that people love it. So, yep. Yeah. Uh, Please go over and do that. If you want some X-Files stickers as a thank you, send us a screenshot of your review and we'll get those in the mail. Yes. Thank you. And it definitely helps us with those early mornings and late nights for the podcast. Yeah. So really appreciate it. Really. I mean, if you're enjoying it, it definitely is a way to to say thank you. And yes, there's a little bit of work that goes <laughs> into a this bit. show. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, we appreciate it so much. Let's All get right. into it. So what is woo woo? So <laughs> why, well, why don't we? I would love to know if you could say just a word about why you wanted to do this. Yeah. Claire's been angling for this. I've been, yeah, this has been mm. on my list for a little while now. Um, so I just find that, you know, a lot of our coaching work is working on like intellectualizing um, the breakup and really changing our thoughts and. Um, doing things that there's a lot of scientific evidence to back up that these things work. 
Um, yeah. But as humans, we've got a long history with spiritual um, spiritual beliefs of whatever kind over the thousands and thousands of years. <laughs> and you know what? Sometimes things you can't explain with science do actually help you feel better. And so we wanted to have an episode that would be a brief introduction to a lot of kind of spiritual, new age, woo-woo modalities that people have had success with in helping themselves feel better, cope with loss, grieve, find agency, all of these things and really care for themselves. Yeah, um, a lot of people after a breakup are saying that they are ready to kind of experiment and learn about um, new age practices. And yeah, um, so how fun. I'm, I'm excited. Let's get into it. Yeah. Some of these we have experience with, right. some of them we don't. And also this is not an exhaustive list. Even before recording, yeah. we were like, yeah, we didn't talk about this, 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 or this, but we don't really have much experience with it. So we're just leaving things off. So if we don't talk about your favorite practice, there, there's probably, that's probably why. So I mean, let us know. Well, we can always do more yeah. episodes. I would I would love to know if we missed a practice that someone really loves. Yeah. Yeah. That would be, that would be a cool. Yeah. Send send us a DM. Sounds good. So what is woo-woo? If this is your first time hearing this term, my favorite definition I could find, because you kind of like accumulate your own definition. Um, but the in researching for this episode, my favorite one was from the confused millennial, highly relatable, um, is <laughs> woo-woo, adjective or noun, dubiously or outlandishly mystical or supernatural, or descriptive of an event or person espousing new age theories such as energy work, crystal magic, Reiki, or supernatural paranormal psychic occurrences, and often has studied in an authentic religious tradition such as Hinduism or Zen Buddhism. I think woo-woo practices can be generalized as spirituality that may or may not be religious. So mm -hmm. our sources on defining the terms we will share may not be academic, and there may not be evidence proving that like these practices or beliefs are right or that they're like based in something we can prove. However, there is evidence that spiritual belief and practice assists in healing. So yeah. I mean, it, I've experienced it. Yeah, same. <laughs> A 2005 study called Making the Connection, Spirituality, Trauma and Resiliency found that spirituality is increasingly identified as a significant component of resiliency. Spirituality can be used as a tool to enhance adaptability and coping, which are all very important for getting over a breakup. Absolutely. And a 1989 study titled The Effects of Ritual Healing on Female Victims of Abuse, a Study of Empowerment and Transformation. Hell yeah. It was published in Sociology and um, in the Journal of Sociology and Religion and reads, this research analyzes the effects of ritual healing on women who have been victims of abuse. The study was conducted through participant observation of a women's spirituality group. The focus of the analysis is on the process of empowerment as it is experienced in a ritual context that provides a means for cathartic expression, as well as participant identification with female symbols of power. 
Mm, Sounds good to me. The findings of this study suggest that women-centered rituals are effective in reducing fear, releasing anger, increasing one's sense of power, and improving the overall mental health of those who have experienced the trauma of victimization. Yeah. Oh, it's so true. I think spiritual practices give you purpose. I think spiritual practices give you hope. And I absolutely know that it helps with healing. Yeah. Yeah. So to start us off, let's talk yeah. about Oracle cards. Sure. And um, Janice has a long history of using mm-hmm. one Oracle card deck, which is really important to like make a, a connection with your deck and everything. Mm-hmm. But yeah, go ahead. What, what are Oracle cards and how do you use them? Oracle cards are cards that, oh, wow, I hadn't thought about having to define them. Oh, no. <laughs> So oracle cards are similar, but not too similar to tarot tarot cards in that um, you can use them to create kind of a sense of purpose, set a theme for your day and give you something uh, to focus on for your your day, your week, the moment. Uh, What I really like about the flexibility of oracle cards is that you kind of get to decide how you will use your deck. And I think my story will demonstrate that. So (laughs) when I was going through my divorce, I was going through a very hard time as I think I've made clear. (laughs) And I was, Oh, I made this horrible decision to move to California. And I really, I got, I sunk into a very deep depression and I was working with a coach at the time and she was kind of, you know, doing her best to help me out of it. And at one point she said, give me your address. I am going to send you the best set of Oracle cards that I have ever seen. Hey, (laughs) and this woman was woo woo. And so, um, she sent them to me and it is the goddess Oracle by Amy Sophia Marichensky and illustrated by Rana Janto, who I believe just passed. So this, I've had the same deck for probably 10 years or so. And there is a different goddess on each card. Mm-hmm. Aren't they gorgeous? Look at these illustrations. They're really pretty. I love it. So how I use my deck is I generally pull one in the morning. That's how I'm currently using it. In the past, I have pulled maybe three for the week and kept them in my work area. But right now I'm you know, not feeling to do that. I, I pull one at the beginning of the day. So what I I do, I sit on my mat um, in front of my altar and I just think to myself, what type of energy do I need for my day? Ooh. And then I, and I just sit there for a moment and think about it. And then I pull one. That's a really good question, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just, it sets the stage and it just kind of gives you something, like I said, to, to focus on. So let me think, Claire, would you like me to pull you a card? Well, yeah, let's do let's do a card for what energy does the X-Files need as a as a unified front today? Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. so I shuffle them like this. (laughs) Yeah, I can't shuffle very well at all. And then I just kind of go like this. Uh huh. And then I just kind of take a moment. Yeah, you kind of wait until mm-hmm. you feel yeah, yeah, you're ready. Yes, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. And once in a while I'm sitting there about to pull it and I get like a physical urge to shuffle again. 
Okay. And then I do. Yeah. Yeah. You just kind of feel into it. Hmm. Oh, interesting. Uh, what is I've it? I pulled Kali, which the card says is the goddess of fear. Wow. Yep. Oh no. So no, no. So see what you do now. No, it's all We're positive. Not feared. <laughs> so Others what you do? Hold on. What okay. you do? You're gonna like it. I promise you. Yeah. What you do is then you go to this gorgeous book that comes with it, mm-hmm. and you go to Kali. Each of the goddesses has a passage so we don't have time for me to read this all but look mm-hmm. first there's a poem uh-huh. that goes along with the goddess that you can read Ooh. and then there's um like a origin story for each mm-hmm. goddess okay cool and then there's a meaning of the card for each goddess okay mm-hmm. so Kali I'm going to read the meaning of the card Kali has begun her dance in your life to tell you it is time to face your fears. All that is lurking ominously, either buried deep in your inner darkness or close by, needs to be stared in the eye and brought into the light of consciousness. Are your fears serving you by warning you about dangerous places, things, or people? Or do your fears prevent you from dancing your dance, living your life, creating with creation? Kali comes to tell you that your dance is needed as part of the whole dance of creation. Wholeness is nurtured when you reclaim the pieces of yourself that you've given over to fear. Most fears are formless. By naming and witnessing fear, you gain power. Wholeness is created when you learn to acknowledge your fears and walk through them. Ooh, Mm -hmm. that's so so interesting. Yeah, gives you something to think about. And, you know, I think each one of these is something that you can relate to in some way. I mean, what immediately came to mind is we're planning an event. Yeah. um, We're, you know, it's our first time doing it and we're we're diving in. And for Mm -hmm. me, I, you know, I, the message that that gives me as far as X-Files goes is keep going, you know, even though, even if you have fears about how things are going to work out. Ooh, so you kind good. of interpret it what in whatever way comes to you, but yeah, it's you know a, a great way to, like I keep saying, you know, set the stage for the day and give you something to think about. Yeah, definitely, because I I had a different interpretation. The sentence where she's like, um, "Are you letting your fear basically keep you from doing things, or are mm-hmm. you dancing with it?" For me, mm-hmm. sounds like the conversations around is it my intuition or is it trauma speaking right now? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Which comes up a lot in sessions. Um, and I think with this woo-woo episode, a lot of these tools like Oracle cards or tarot cards is like helping you tap into your intuition and like mm-hmm. open yourself up to the messages that probably are already there. It's just like focuses them yeah. <laughs> in a way. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so that, so that is Oracle cards. Um, you know, you important part of my practice and I've had so many cool experiences with this deck over the years. There's a goddess called Amaterasu, who's the goddess of beauty. And I pulled that card like every other time for like a month at the beginning of the pandemic. Oh, and wow. I, and I just think it was, you know, I was just starting to emerge as a coach and as X-Files. Mm-hmm. And that's um, 
that part of her backstory is that she was, you know, she was hiding in a cave after someone in her family died and mm -hmm. she's a goddess of light as well. And so there was no light on earth and they got her to come out of her cave and they held up a mirror so that she could see her, her beauty. And wow. when she came out, the world lit up again. And so oh. it kind of gave me the message that, you know, I, it was time for me to start shining my light. Yeah. Oh my God. I yeah. mean, I haven't pulled the card recently at all but it was yeah. it was insane how often I it was I coming up a it. lot mm -hmm. yeah yeah because I remember we had recorded the first couple of episodes or maybe three episodes and I was like I do not want to edit them I don't want to hear myself mm. talk mm. I was so scared to hear myself talk because I I thought I hated the sound of my voice oh um, interesting <laughs> I didn't know you went through that yeah, I was like, I was, I was definitely keeping it bottled up inside. And I waited till the last possible time that I could start editing to like still get it done by our launch date. Oh, <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't want to see my own beauty because now I'm like, yeah, you just sound like you. It's fine. It's not like a painful experience to hear myself talk. Mm -hmm. so, <laughs> but that's so funny. Um, so just a couple disclaimers before we start getting into things that might get a little bit um, problematic. Uh, so like soulmates and twin flames and all of those things. Yeah. We're going to talk about these things. We know that the idea of twin flames should not justify staying with an abuser. Abuse is just abuse. It doesn't mean that this person is teaching you a karmic lesson. Yeah. Um, so nor do we believe that someone would make a soul contract to be abused or worse. Um, proponents of these ideas argue that souls choose death or to be like a part of the food chain to contribute to the human experience. But I don't think that idea should be pushed on anyone, let alone someone grieving a loss if that gives you peace that's great but we are not pushing that on anyone so we're really just talking about like the light fluffy side of these things mm -hmm. and just a note that we are well aware that these these ideas get problematic once you start to like try to pull them apart more yes then the ways that they get applied um can be yeah problematic. yeah so let's talk about spiritual bypassing for a moment Kindred yes. Cherry of Very Well Mind describes it as spiritual bypassing is a way of hiding behind spirituality or spiritual practices. It prevents people from acknowledging what they are feeling and distances them from both themselves and others. Some examples of spiritual bypassing include avoiding feelings of anger, believing in your own spiritual superiority as a way to hide from insecurities. Believing that traumatic events must serve as a learning experience or that there is a silver lining behind every negative experience. Don't say that to a, yeah. a survivor, please. Some people, <laughs> some things believe... just suck. Like <laughs> there doesn't have to be a silver lining. Believing yeah. that spiritual practices such as meditation or prayer are always positive. Extremely high, often unattainable idealism. Feelings of detachment focusing only on spirituality and ignoring the present, only focusing on the positive or being very overly optimistic, projecting your own negative beliefs onto others, pretending that things are fine when they are clearly not, thinking that people can overcome their problems through positive thinking, 
thinking that you must rise above your emotions using defense mechanisms such as denial and repression. Spiritual bypassing is a superficial way of glossing over problems in a way that might make us feel better in the short term, but ultimately solves nothing and just leaves the problem to linger on. I grew up around people who do this (laughs) and, you know, being raised in a, um, orthodox religion I can yeah definitely say that I that I've witnessed this for for sure and you know what in the spiritual or in the consciousness community as well I I see it from time to time yeah yeah and you know these things like we're if if you want to dive more into any of these things like just you know be aware of that possibility for yourself and just like i think if you have awareness of it and you're just keeping tabs on yourself i think that is enough to like at least protect you mostly from spiritual bypassing and also we're human we're going to probably spiritual bypass at one point or another but you know it's kind of um if if it does happen just incorporate it as part of your learning experience and your growth experience and move past the spiritual bypassing when you notice that you're doing it. So, yeah. So we're going to dive into a couple of things that have come up actually repeatedly from my clients. Okay. Um, Janice has not come across this with her <laughs> clients. She's like, what the heck? We have such a different experience in session. I think our approaches just must be different enough that for some reason we have yeah. Yeah, very different things come up in sessions, which I think yeah. is really cool. It's and that's really, why, really I, cool. you know, it's so great that we it's a co-hosted podcast because yeah. it makes it interesting. Yeah, definitely. Because I definitely hear statements that all kind of resemble this like one thing that's keeping me stuck and hurting is this is the thought that they might have been my soulmate or they might have been my twin flame i've never felt that way about anyone else like what if they were my soulmate (laughs) which is definitely something we start to tackle um so let's define these terms first so soulmates and twin flames are different um soulmates are thought of as like this person who's like cut from the same sort of energetic cloth as you um they don't have to be for a lifetime um they can be quote meant to be for a month or a decade um soulmates aren't just romantic there can be soulmate friends family um co-workers i don't know um (laughs) 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 that's you janice i mean we're friends too but (laughs) um (laughs) i would love oh god that's hilarious co-workers yeah lucky enough i guess (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, mind body green describes it as think of a soulmate as someone cut from the same energetic cloth as you sorry i borrowed that earlier um, you feel you know them. I like the concept of soulmates. Um, for me, it's not as important to kind of go into such a specific definition. I think that a soulmate is simply someone who you deeply connect with yeah. and love spending time with and just have, you know, a really, really special connection. Yeah. yeah. And it could, as you just said, last a year, a decade your whole life perhaps yeah. i think we have many of them i kind of still consider my ex-husband as having been a soulmate uh, at one time 
and then yeah. you know uh, yeah. because god we got along so well like had so Until much in we common. Didn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah you know we could spend so much time together and just enjoy it and yeah that um faded for sure but i yeah. i that's how i kind of how i view soulmates yeah same mm -hmm. here and i i remind people when they they bring this up is that there are more than one soulmate for you especially romantic like how is it possible that you would only click with one person mm -hmm. and they'd have to be in the same geographic location as you have mm -hmm. like complementary or the same religious or family beliefs like <laughs> and live in the same time as you and be the right age and run into you like those are I mean, things happen, but I think you have more than one chance at finding someone you really click with. Yeah. So, yeah. And, you know, some things, uh, especially when we hear about people who say um, the relationship was so perfect, like, I don't get why it fell apart now. It might have been like soulmates for that time. Yep. And it was time to like move on and keep growing. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, and also, like we keep on saying, you want to be with someone who chooses you, and the yeah. other way around. So. Exactly. <laughs> so, twin flames. Not everyone has a twin flame. Um, I mean, we both have trouble with this definition, but it's common <laughs> yeah. to hear them described as one soul torn in two, living in two different bodies, and you're trying to find each other throughout your life, which is like kind of, it It makes me think of incest because <laughs> like, I don't want to, I mean, with myself, yeah. uh, um, but it, it doesn't jive with me personally, that description. I think more of twin flames as more of someone who's signed up to be a catalyst for you to trigger you to prompt your awakening to help you grow through contrast and force you to come to terms with your insecurities and conquer your demons mm -hmm. so like they're a mirror but they're not literally your soul torn in half like i think that's kind of wild yeah. um <laughs> it's very it's you're really going down a slippery slope when you actually think yeah. that you're you have another half. That's not you. I mean, I just, I don't like that, that message. You know, you have everything that you need just right inside of you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I think, cause then you open it up and you're like, oh, but we're all a part of source. So like literally everyone would actually be my twin flame because <laughs> that's, if that's we're all point. one energetic thing that is mm -hmm. having a human experience in shards of this larger con consciousness you know it gets it gets wacky my yeah. human brain ain't gonna deal with it um <laughs> so i mean basically this isn't something that i subscribe to but yeah. i think a lot of people do and so i'm glad that we're talking about it um according to psychotherapist Babita Spinelli in Mind Body Green, there's a common misconception that twin flames are supposed to complete each other, which can lead to an unhealthy dynamic between the two, as people are supposed to feel complete on their own. <laughs> but on top of that, Spinelli adds that twin flame relationships can quickly become toxic, unlike a soulmate connection. In a twin flame relationship, your twin flame may mirror your own issues, 
unhealthy habits or imbalances. In addition, when twin flames are apart, they may have a hard time functioning, Spinelli says. You may also end up defining your self-worth by the relationship. This makes them great for encouraging growth and awakenings, but again, difficult to make work in the long run. So this is one person's opinion. I also, I think soulmate connections can become toxic as well. And um, like we said, there's also the idea that it's um, two halves of a whole, which I, I don't agree with. Um, we will talk more about our experiences with soulmates and twin flames after we take a quick break to talk about one of our podcast buddies. If you like this episode, you I think will you'll love her. <laughs> definitely love Bitches, Witches, and Queers, which yeah. is a podcast by one of our friends and life coach, Christina Carlson. Bitches, Witches, and, and Queers dives into the intimacies and spiritual practices of thought leaders, healers, and creatives to find insight on what spirituality means to different people. Please go check her out. You'll love it. Christina herself is an ex-Christian and approaches the subject with openness and creativity. If you want to check out an episode, you can yeah, check yeah. out an episode titled Cut Off from Mormonism with Janice Formicella, which goes into my sordid background growing up with and leaving the Mormon church. I promise you she's a great interviewer and she's a very talented coach, which I think makes her a great podcast host. So yeah. we highly, highly recommend it to anyone who's interested in personal growth. Yeah. What a great podcast uh, compliment to our current episode. Yeah. Yeah. So have we experienced twin flames slash soulmates? Do we think they exist? Sorry, I knocked over a crystal on my desk. <laughs> Love it. I'm a spiritual mess this morning. Um, okay. So I believe that my ex-fiance was definitely one of my soulmates. Um, we just clicked so well. We were literally the same person. Um yeah and it was very low conflict because you know you just get each other um but one drawback of being enmeshed with a soulmate like i was and i use that word enmeshed consciously thank you um, <laughs> is that you know growth can slow down for both of you i think that it was really good for us probably to the three-year mark and honestly um we made it to five years and I think those last two years, we were very much stunted. Yeah. Um, mm. And you you can just find yourself in an echo chamber and get into this like comfortable rut. Um, we'll talk a bit about soul contracts later, but um, soulmates doesn't mean being with someone forever. And I think that my ex-fiance was meant to be for the time that I knew him. And I think that we had both signed up for more personal growth and we kind of just had this like very restful vacation almost and then really dive back into growing as people um afterwards so yeah maybe our souls agreed before this lifetime to take the harder path and only have a brief you know on the scale of a lifetime uh arrangement in this mm -hmm. life and then to like keep moving on but you know, I don't think that means that it was a failure or that that time wasn't um, like uh, 
wasn't right or anything. I think it was exactly what it needed to be. And we also needed to move on. Hmm. So yeah, anyone who's listening to our other episodes is probably waiting for what I have to say about dumpster fire. <laughs> uh, guessing from the name, I, I do think that if I do have a twin flame, it would be this dude. Um, one aspects of twin flames that resonates with me is that you each highlight each other's weaknesses and insecurities because you're two parts, you complement each other with one person embodying what the other wishes that they were more like. And uh, compliment is kind of a misnomer because mirroring is super triggering and leads to a lot of turmoil. Um, but like, for instance, um, this guy kind of taught me how to take care of myself. Like he was self-sufficient to an extreme. And like he he taught me a lot of those skills, like life skills that I didn't really have before yeah. I met him. It was like in three months, he's like, here's how to build a fire. Also, I'm going to leave now. So you just have to <laughs> by yourself now. Yeah. Um, and There's a lot to be said for that. Yeah. As a woman. Yeah. And so, um, you know, like I taught him stuff too. Like, I think he would have <laughs> hoped that, um, it's funny. I was like, I was just laughing because it, it makes it sound like he was teaching me practical things, but honestly, like I taught him how to hang a door on its hinges. Cause he didn't fucking know. Um, so like, <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it sounds like there was yeah, yeah. A, lot, a lot of education. That there was a lot place. of education going both <laughs> ways. Um, but his was very much like, I think like one of my greatest fears is ending up alone. And, um, he gave me the skills I needed to be alone. And then he forced me to be alone, um, which was exactly the growth that I needed, but it sucked. Oh, um, interesting. <laughs> yeah. So I like to think when I broke up with my ex fiance, I was telling the world that I was ready for my growth to start in earnest. And the universe was like, okay, bet. And gave me the rockiest, but shortest path to that growth. Um, I would not be where I am without dumpster fire, but I'm under no illusion that in this lifetime we end up together. <laughs> um, I think it's a sweet sadness to think that maybe in another lifetime when we've both evolved and learned more that it could work out then. Um, and I just, I, part of why I wanted to do this episode is because I hold a lot of these kind of twisted logical jumps that like together couldn't coexist logically, but since they make me feel better, I see no reason to try to change them. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of my litmus test. Does it make you feel better? Does it let you stand on your own two feet and embrace your own independence? Then keep it. <laughs> like, yeah, that's yeah, that's great. And I'm going to touch on my limited experience with twin flames in a moment. And I, I but first, I'll I'll say something about soulmate. And that is, I really like what you said about you know, that it's, it was meant to be for a certain time, you know, like at, during yeah. the three year mark, what I, one thing I actually talked about on the episode that I did with Christina is when I was with my ex is also when I left the church, the Mormon church. Yeah. And he provided a lot of support for me. I mm -hmm. didn't have friends outside of the church. I didn't have positive influences outside of the church. Yeah. No one stood by me. <laughs> 
mm-hmm. everyone, my, like my, my immediate family was like, well, fuck you, you know, just kind of threw Jeez. me, you know, <laughs> out yeah. really. It's still, yeah. I still feel that way. And he encouraged me. He was a very positive influence on me. He motivated me. He made me feel like I was doing the right thing. He made Mm -hmm. me feel like I wasn't alone. And I really needed that to successfully transition out of a high demand religion. And I'm thankful for that for sure. And, um, then I didn't need that anymore. (laughs) Yeah. You grew past it. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Um, and also I want to say, I, you know, we both described our soulmates as, you know, people we can just do everything with and spend so much time with and that we get along with so well. Yeah. And it made me think I've been, you know, kind of considering now that I'm, you know, very settled in Denver and settled professionally, you know, do I want to start dating finally? And honestly, I don't think that if I, I don't think I want to meet someone that I have everything in common with and want to spend all my time with, you know, as everyone knows, I love my independence so much. And I think I, I don't think that's what I'm would be looking for. I would rather have very separate lives. So I'm not sure I'm even looking for another soulmate, but yeah, yeah, just something to think about. Uh Yeah. And I think, you know, I, that's the problem with soulmates is it can kind of um it can like nullify relationships that you feel are not soulmates like if that was the one definition of soulmate was that you have everything in common my current boyfriend is not my soulmate if that's your <laughs> yeah, definition great point great yeah point. no yeah. yes but, love it love it like i think emotionally we get each other like yeah. really wonderful well. and we Maybe this could be an entire episode because we are loving talking about this. Yeah. (laughs) All right. I'll just say really, really, really quickly. I know this isn't what this episode is about, but I had a a limited experience with a twin flame situation. Again, when I was in California. Oh my God. Just made that connection. Um, Well, Santa Cruz. You um, were in Santa Cruz. (laughs) I met someone um, on OkCupid actually, and we clicked like crazy. Couldn't stop talking very good chemical or a very good physical connection chemicals yes (laughs) much good (laughs) all of it was good and he I mean I was kind of new to dating I had been with my ex for so long I didn't have anyways he kind of did this hot and cold thing with me Mm. which I I wouldn't put up for a second today yeah but um and it was confusing for me you know yeah like many people listening will relate to you know like we just had a blast you know hung out and couldn't stop talking and now you're not reaching out anyways people started saying that he was my twin flame and that at the time (laughs) led me to kind of put up with some bullshit yeah and so I just I um I never really had uh, you know, applied this in a very positive way in my life. And so that's why I'm a little yeah. hesitant, you know, to really promote it, but that's my experience. So. Yeah. And I think like twin flames, when you read up about them, mm-hmm. uh, it varies from you do not end up with this person to you both have to be extremely ready to heal and work on it if you do want to end up with this person and i think that uh commonly when i hear these things described um only one of the people is willing to work on things um (laughs) typically the person being described as the twin flame who's honestly being like fucking everything up 
Like, they're not willing to work on it. Like, leave them to their karma. Maybe yeah. they'll be better next time. Mm-hmm. I don't Everyone know. listening, I mean, really, you want someone who's going to come to the to the table with yeah. you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, soul so, contracts. Soul Claire. contracts. So I kind of mentioned, like, this person signed up to be this mm-hmm. in this lifetime. This is where soul contracts comes in. So uh, there was a great explanation on my spiritual shenanigans. <laughs> to learn the act of forgiveness, someone must take the responsibility to deeply hurt you, thus providing you the choice to either forgive them or stay resentful. To know how to be independent and strong, someone must ensure they abandon you at your worst hour. <laughs> Dumpster fire. Um, thus giving you the opportunity to either stand up for yourself or fall down and succumb to your circumstances. So everyone you meet has signed up to help your soul's evolution. You have signed up to deal with them, even the annoying ones. By knowing that everything is an elaborate play, you can allow yourself to grow. We don't need to try to rationalize someone's behavior and our pain should guide us, not make us feel helpless. So, like, <laughs> this is where we're teetering on the problematic yeah. pinnacle if we haven't already fallen over it. But, <laughs> you know, like, not taking this to the extremes, right? Yeah. Um, For instance, like, Dumpster Fire made a soul contract to me to be the person who would help me eventually become a breakup coach. In order to become a breakup coach, I had to go through some shit and he contributed to that shit. And I am so grateful, thank you. Um, But, you know, it wasn't exactly like fun during the process. Um, Yeah, and I just wanna say like, don't forget about the most important soul in this experience, yourself. Like you Mm -hmm. are here too and you know, if soul contracts gives you the feeling of like agency, like, okay, yeah, my higher self knew that I could do this and knew that it was going to be a part of my like origin story. Right. Um, Mm. if that makes you feel better then great. But if you're like, no, fuck that. I would have never signed up for this. Write off soul contracts. Don't, don't believe in them. It's fine. Yeah. I think one, one thing that came to mind, for me is I've always thought because you know my family's six generations in the Mormon church and I've always thought of all the things that you can be born into why was I born into this religion you know because I I just never I never clicked with it and it yeah it's uh, not my favorite thing about about myself um and so I've I've thought for such a long time like maybe I was meant to kind of like be the one to break the the chain yeah and you know I love myself and how I am now and that I've become so resilient and that I'm such a strong woman and that maybe I was almost meant to be born into this religion to learn some of the things that I have um and also to set you know the way for other people in my family to leave yeah um exactly so that that's one you know something related to soul contracts that I kind of resonate with yeah mm-hmm. yeah um you know choosing a hard path for soul growth or expansion mm-hmm. so moving on to mm-hmm. past lives oh boy yeah so, I like this one 
Yeah. So past lives. So if you're making soul contracts for each life and in each life you grow spiritually, then you had to have had past lives. <laughs> um, so I think the message behind this is that it's so much bigger than this one life. Mm -hmm. So I even have another crazy theory that helped me with my breakup recovery. And that is that if they're past lives, there are future lives and they're likely to overlap. And maybe several of the people I've loved have been the same soul at different stages of their journey. Hmm. Um, and maybe it didn't work out with the soul having an experience of dumpster fire in this life, but maybe that soul is now in my current boyfriend. I don't think my boyfriend would like that idea at all. Yeah, that's um, it's interesting kind of twisted. It's crazy. <laughs> but, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, they're different people, but like kind of their their essence, like, yeah, you know, it. I kind of recognize their essence. So mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, so taking that theory to the extreme, though, if there's overlapping lives and people are repeating lives here on earth, there is the theory of the egg. <laughs> um, yeah, so. Claire, um, this is a, little, a bit new to me. I'm, I'm excited yeah. to learn about this. Um, if you would love like a 12 minute short story that will like blow your mind, listen to the reading of Andy Weir's The Egg on YouTube. It's free. It's like a they like cartoonized it and it's, it's really good. Um, but the egg is the theory that is that not the term animated, <laughs> animated it. Um, no, it's, it's good. Cartoonized. I like it. No, it's, it's all good. We're learning new terms today. So the egg is the theory that earth is an incubator for one soul living billions of lives concurrently every time in history every future time in history and that soul is literally alone on earth so every person that ever lived is that soul every person that ever was is that soul um a quote from the story every time you victimize someone you were victimizing yourself every act of kindness you've done you've done to yourself every happy and sad moment ever experienced by any human was or will be experienced by you um yeah so if that tracks i'm talking to you you were you were having a mormon uh leaving the mormon church experience at mm -hmm. the beginning of this life i'm sure you'll do other things um in your life <laughs> um and in this body i had a fairly like non-religious upbringing and I'm also a kid in China and hmm. I'm also a medieval woman burnt at the stake. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's like everything. I was also the person who was burning the woman at the stake, <laughs> like yeah. absolutely mind blowing. Yeah. Um, so your ex is you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm going to have to look into this a little yeah. bit more, but I, yeah, I appreciate it. And yes, if this resonates for you, go check out the egg on YouTube. Yeah. Um, I, I do believe in past lives. Um, it's a part of Buddhist philosophy that I um, definitely identify with. And yeah, I think, you know, we become stronger and we live and we learn more things in each life and mm -hmm. that, yeah, I resonate with it. I feel that I was meant to learn self-reliance in this life and who knows yeah. what I'm going to be able to call in in my next one because of it. Exactly. So exactly. 
let's talk about cord cutting. It might sound a bit woo-woo, but cord cutting (laughs) is a powerful interactive form of visualization where you transmit yourself into a space where you sever energetic ties with a person in a way that leaves you feeling less connected with them. Mm I wrote that. <laughs> Do you <laughs> nice. think that describes it? Yeah. Um, it totally. is, uh, it's very advisable after a breakup. If you are struggling with sadness over losing someone, missing someone, feeling that you were meant to be with someone or feeling that you missed out on your chance for love. There are a few different ways to do this. Guided meditations can be very helpful. Claire has one on insight timer that I suggest to my clients. (laughs) And I also highly recommend that if you think that this could be really helpful for you, that you find someone to lead you through the experience that makes it a little bit more engaging. And so if this is accessible to you, I I would, um, you can look for a hypnotherapist. You can ask around for recommendations. There are people Mm -hmm. out there who can guide you through this even virtually. Yeah. Um, Which is how I did it my first time. I've seen them done where it's, it's kind of like a, a witchcrafty vibe where it's like two candles and there's a cord separating them. And as the candles burn down, the cord burns Mm, as well. And it's, it's really cool. So it can, it can help you bring a lot of relief. I was really struggling after my divorce. Yeah. Okay, if you're listening to an if you're doing an X Files drinking game this week, when you take a drink. Um, and when Janice says struggling after her divorce, okay, and somehow I I had a friend in my in my community who did who was a hypnotherapist, and we decided that she would lead me through a cord cutting session. Um, by Skype and Uh because she was in New York and I was crashing with my family in Arizona and so she yeah we we got on there and you know she told me um how where to lie and um she walked me through it she had me say certain things we talked ahead of time about what had been going on with my ex and I so that she kind of knew which way to lead me Mm -hmm. and it was absolutely wonderful. I actually had people telling me the next day that I looked physically different and that they yeah. could tell that I was more relaxed. And I, I really know that it can, it can really, really help you to turn the corner in your breakup. Yeah. I bet that went so well when your family was like, you look so different and better today. And you're like, yeah, I did some <laughs> witchcraft yesterday. <laughs> Oh, I actually kept it to myself. Yeah, Um, I I mean, I imagine so. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I know you do. Um, I mean, (laughs) yeah, I I definitely don't have the relationship with them that I would (laughs) want to share something as intimate as that. No. Uh, Anyway. All right. Oh, and then I also want to mention, you know, um, with certain clients, I suggest this. I have a resource list that I share with them of mm-hmm. recordings, including Claire's. Um, I won't go into details, but I had a client do a ceremony recently and really, um, really helped. made a lot of progress yeah. on their breakup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whitney, um, who has been on the show, um, she was the one who introduced me to cord cutting when she oh. was my coach. She was oh. like, here's a bunch. You can find them on Insight Timer, YouTube, um, 
honestly let your intuition guide you if you connect with one and you're like oh this one feels good check it out yeah um, uh, yeah absolutely that's oh I, that's interesting i i didn't know that about your relationship with her yeah, yeah. cool yeah um okay so astrology i love um people who are into astrology i definitely look up to you know some people who are really really into it and you know what it's just i'm very much a person that wants I would, I want to know everything about how stuff works. Yeah. And I've just, uh, astrology, there's just a lot of detail to it. And I've just kind of chosen never to go down that path yeah. because it would th- take years. I, it would take years. <laughs> and it would, I think really what I, it would really drive me crazy to not be able to explain it all. And yeah. so it's not my thing. I believe in it, but yeah, yeah, it's not a part of my practice. You're like, I don't, I can't, I can't too much. <laughs> yeah, I was working for this magazine when I was back in Australia. And like every time that we had an article, for instance, on breath work, I was like, but I need to know how it works. We need to put in another article that says how it works. And I would drive everyone crazy because I yeah. wanted to know the mechanics of things so yeah. much. And yeah, that's how I, I feel about astrology as well. Yeah, I mean, it can be helpful. It can help lend understanding um oh god there goes the crystal again um so but it is bigger than a single paragraph i feel like most people know astrology from like the daily horoscopes in magazines and honestly those are just so like basic and generic because they have to be because they're just talking about your sun sign and there is so much more involved like there's a whole like chart you can get your chart online for free if you need it but um you know there's like houses and which planets are in which houses affect those parts of your life and then you know if you're just talking about your personality your sun sign is just one factor. So like I'm a Gemini sun sign, but my rising sign is Pisces. So rising I never is even like, remember mine. You told me. Yeah, I had I to look remember. it up. I mean, I always get confused my my uh, rising and moon sign. Your rising sign is like how you present to people who don't know you very well. So people who don't know me very well think I'm emotional because um, <laughs> it's Pisces. Yeah, they think I'm spicy Pisces. I'm a spicy Pisces. (gasps) Um, (laughs) Yeah. That's cute. Yeah. Um, And then, like, my moon sign is Aquarius, which is how, like, you see yourself. So I see myself as freedom or bust, quirky, independent, very Aquarius. Um, I really drive with Aquarius people. (laughs) Okay. Um, So it, it, like, and that's just, like one level deeper than just your sun sign and it's already like added dynamic to my personality that you know the sun sign just doesn't get so and also i once uh took a joke too far and i published a book about astrology um yeah yeah i always forget about this yeah it's called feline astrology the horoscope for your cat you never knew you needed um which a lot of people relate to that title because they never love knew. That I love it. We got to bring it on an episode. We got to, <laughs> we got to um, I mean, make your work count. Yeah. No? It's, okay. it's a really good gift for cat lovers. Um, and like has the very basics of astrology with the 
really good cat advice just mixed in there. Oh my God. Claire, it's so cute and so quirky. I love Thank it. You. Um, yes. I, like I said, I believe in it. And one thing that I have found so interesting is that I have had so many people guess that I'm a Taurus. And oh I, yeah. Oh, totally. I love that. It just, it does. Yeah. I mean, it, it's real. It makes me believe in it. And, um, yeah. You so, have literal flowers. Like you made your own flower backdrop. Like yeah. you have to be a Taurus. Why? Because Taurus is all about making their space really nice and cozy and comfortable yeah. for themselves. It's one of my two main purposes in life. One <laughs> yeah. to help women and one to make things beautiful. Yep. Whatever I am telling you. Um, all right. <laughs> Manifestation. Janice, go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh, manifestation. It might sound a little woo-woo, and it is the act of making things happen in your life through positive thought and intention. Yeah. This is, yeah, this is really where I light up because the law of attraction is one of my core beliefs and is the center of my spiritual practice. If you want to learn about the key tenets of LOA, first of all, there's a great podcast. Um, it's called Love Your Life with Law of Attraction, which nice. is really great. It's really basic and they're short episodes. I, I recommend that podcast for sure. Yeah. And then of course, The Law of Attraction by Esther and Jerry Hicks. So I pulled a couple of quotes from the book. One of them really encapsulates what manifestation means. When you hold the desire to be joyful and you are sensitive to the way you feel and therefore guide your thoughts in the direction of things that feel better and better, you improve your vibration and your point of attraction becomes one that will not only attract through the law of attraction, the things that you desire deliberately guiding your thoughts is the key to a joyful life but a desire to feel joy is the best plan of all because in the reaching for joy you find the thoughts that attract the wonderful life you desire oh it's so true um and remember it is not about having the things it's about having the feeling that you think the things will bring you yeah I love it so much. Literally hear Esther Hicks like reading that (laughs) in my mind. Um, And I I also want to point out, I I think that it's really important for me to say, because I believe this, like I said, this is the core of my, of my spiritual beliefs. However, I still struggle some sometimes. Um, and when I do, for instance, you know, I had to take a mental health day a few weeks ago and when I do, I accept that it's happening. I don't try and, you know, positive my thought, my way out of it. I take care of it. I address it. I treat it as though I'm having a cold and I, I remind myself that it's temporary and, you know, look after myself. So I don't want anyone to think that you're not allowed to have your days here and there. Yeah. Yes. Once in a while, Claire and I have meetings and I complain about something. So, yeah, (laughs) you know, like I'm a human. Um, We will eventually do an episode on the topic, um, which I'm in charge of. And I just, I find it like a very big task. Yeah. So I've kind of, I keep putting it off. Cause you know what you need, you know, at least it's like the more you know, the harder it is to tackle something yeah. because you know what you're missing by dumbing it. We're not. And I, yes, it down I want to do it justice. It. Yeah. I want to <laughs> do our audience justice. 
And so, yeah, it's, it's a bit intimidating, but we'll, we'll get there. Um, I did think though, that I could just give three tips. If this is something that you're excited about exploring, first of all, watch your words, avoid negative talk about others, about your situation, about yourself, avoid speaking from a place that puts you in the position of a victim. And instead as a person with choice. And, and I just want to say, you will have negative thoughts. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're doing something wrong. It's just what you do with them. Like this is the same message we always talk about. It's like, do you catch yourself and then yeah. put it into a statement that you believe, but also puts you in a more positive space. Yes. So, oh, yeah. And it's actually, once you learn to do it, you can really have fun with it. In fact, do you remember the other day we were, I was, we were both having a really, really busy Friday yeah. and we had a meeting and I said, oh, I haven't even been, you know, I've been so busy that I wasn't able to, you know, do this or I, you know, I haven't been able to do this. Um, and I said, no, wait, I chose, you chose <laughs> not to do to this. Prioritize. I chose to be busy. I chose to take the meetings Yeah, and yeah. And it just, it makes you feel more powerful than yeah. to say that you have to do something. Yeah, exactly. So um, step two, make a game out of figuring out the things that make you feel good on an average everyday day and do those things. It can be as simple as making sure you have a comfortable chair to sit in or that you get to look forward to your favorite meal each night. And I mean that, you know, if you've got a meal that you make for yourself that you love and look forward to, just make it every day, yeah. you know, who knows? I mean, it's different for everyone, but do the, find the things that feel good and do them. That's one of yeah. that's something that Esther or that Abraham repeats all the time. And it's yeah. true. Three, adopt a gratitude practice. There are so many ways to do this. One is of course, writing them down. Another is stopping in the middle of a stressful or busy moment and taking a few breaths while naming a few things in your environment that you're thankful for. Gratitude is the highest vibrational emotion, meaning that it attracts the best things. Yes. That's awesome. I really like manifestation and I think it's the perfect thing um, to bring Abraham and Esther Hicks into this conversation. Esther Hicks like okay, uh, channels so a, a Abraham. intergalactic being whose name is Abraham. Yeah. Um, so, and this book is her husband interviewing Abraham. Yeah. And, and so the answers are all channeled. It's brilliant. It's really so cool. good. I mean, I, I have so much underlined. <laughs> yeah. And you can just, um, I, I just, go into a podcast app and I search for Abraham Hicks and there's really good recordings and stuff. Yeah. And it's just, it's just really positive. It just gets yes, you in a it good space. really, it helped. Yeah. I I've suggested it to friends who are going through really hard times yeah. um, because yeah, it is, it's positive. It gives you tools for switching gears during, yeah. during hard times. Um, yeah. And also I mean, there's lots of recordings on YouTube as well that I think oh, are yeah. really good. Yeah. And what I like about the YouTube um, Abraham recordings is that you can go in and search for Abraham recordings by topic. So Ooh. for instance, one time, so, you know, I went through this shit in Australia and I kind of, I felt like a victim in a way. I'm just like, why are people being so bad to me? Yeah. <laughs> you know, <And laughs> like, why does this happen? 
which I know that's a you know, horrible mindset to be in. And so I actually went in and looked for Abraham Hicks when people treat you poorly or something, or when people yeah. mistreat you. And there's, you know, multiple recordings that they have on the topic. Ooh, mm-hmm. I love it. So next we oh, have- that's what you're doing tarot. with your hands. Okay. So um, tarot is slightly different than Oracle cards. Um, I think tarot came first. Um, tarot's typically only 78 cards and um, you've probably heard of the Rider weight deck. It's like mm-hmm. the traditional illustrations um, that have kind of um, meanings that have been, uh, you know, around for a while. So it's it's not like, well, Oreo, <laughs> Oreos, Oracle cards, um, you can make your own deck and your own illustrations yeah. and decide how big or small you want your deck to be and everything. Whereas um, tarot is pretty traditional. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, each of the cards provides detailed insight on a specific situation. And regardless of an artist's interpretation of the card, so like maybe someone did do like a rendition of tarot where they have a slightly different, there's a really cool deck, I forgot what it's called, but it's like much more modern and like very minimalist, um, which is really cool. Um, but, you know, the high priestess, the, the high priestess is the same sort of meaning as it is in the original deck. Right. So yeah. Um, but tarot can be really supportive for people you can do like a single card pool in the morning or you can do like a spread where you're doing Mm -hmm. a specific formation of cards and everything but it's the same sort of concept as oracle cards where you shuffle and you get you know in the right space before pulling your cards um and it's it's another way to kind of tap into your intuition um and for some people um who've like really honed this um tapping into more of their like kind of psychic abilities and yeah like- that's what i one thing i love about it is when you see someone who's really experienced i think it's it's a lot about the the wisdom kind of being channeled through the person yeah. that that's what i like about it yeah yeah so it's 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 like a way to get to that place yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> um so that's really cool so uh, next up, Reiki. Um, I've talked about Reiki in a previous episode. Uh, yeah, I think a it's couple our times. five favorite healing practices. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the most recent one. Um, I have found it very, very helpful for not just emotional work, but also like physical pain mm-hmm. um, and physical healing. So I highly, highly, highly recommend it if it seems interesting to you try reiki it's honestly incredible energy work you know i think is is a really um interesting space um especially like with like quantum mechanics right an atom in one spot if you affect that atom it affects an an atom in a completely different area that isn't like linked by anything we can measure um so i think that there there is like allusion to this being possible scientifically we just don't really know how (laughs) at this point and you know Um, sometimes that's okay 
Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So, um, Janice, have you experienced Reiki? Yeah, I had a really interesting experience. I went to a spiritual center that was near where my parents were living in Arizona after I moved back from Europe this time. Yeah. <laughs> Crashing with them again after another, you know, disastrous Global breakup. adventure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, oh, man, I was in a bad place and I was kind of looking for things to do. I love new agey stuff. And mm -hmm. so, and there's, it was crazy that there was actually a spiritual center because the town isn't really that big. So I started going and, you know, got invited to a Reiki circle that included trainees. Ooh. Yeah, it was cool. Everyone circle. was wearing robes. And I, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was really interesting. And, you know, it was in a dark room and some people were kind of just there for the experience and some people were training. And then of course there was the um, Reiki master as well. Yeah. And she chose me to do some work on. I had no expectations of what was going to happen. Mm -hmm. And what was really cool is I think we were sitting back to back or I had my eyes closed or something. And when it was over, you know, we sat and faced each other and she was in tears <laughs> and she said, um, that she, you know, couldn't, couldn't control her emotion. And she said that she could sense how, um, powerful of a person I was and that it, it had been such an honor to work on me that she felt overwhelmed. Aww. and oh my god I didn't know what to think <laughs> I, you I were was like, like uh what? you know because everyone's watching and it yeah. just it meant so much for me to me and I think that that was why I was meant to have that experience because yeah. I was just being treated like you felt powerless yeah I yeah. felt powerless the people around me were not lifting me up the people around me were not affirming my decision to leave an abusive relationship I was getting I didn't I felt unlovable and not not powerful at all and so to have this experience where someone I didn't know um sensed that from me yeah it meant a lot yeah that's that's incredible thank you for yeah. sharing that I mean like my story feels like very oh. plebeian <laughs> now. Claire, I'm I am mean, so glad that you've gotten the relief from Reiki that that you have. Uh, yeah. Honestly, you know, you were struggling with your um, predicament for, for yeah. so long. And I, I love actually, you know, um, the first time that Claire told me that, that it was working, I remember, and you were, you know, excited and it's, yeah. it's a great thing. Yeah. Cause I would sit here to record the podcast with a hot water bottle, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. trying to just like keep the pain at bay mm -hmm. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, like my first Reiki experience, I didn't tell her anything. She had no idea what I was coming in with. Um, I was like, Oh, all I told her was that I heard that Reiki was good for you. And I wanted to try it. And like, she immediately, um, as soon as she scanned my body with her hands, like she immediately found exactly where all of my pain was located. And she's like, there is a bunch of stuff down here. She's like, do you like, do you feel stuff down here? Cause this is crazy. And I'm like, yeah, actually I have chronic pain and an autoimmune disease down there. <laughs> so she's it's like, real, it's... oh. <laughs> yep. I mean, yeah. there, that, there's a lot to be said for the fact that it helps people physical pain. Yeah. I mean, I would love to do it. I just don't feel like I'm capable of it. And maybe that's something I would, I would learn that I actually am if I started studying it, but I think it's incredible. 
So we're, we're like home stretch here. Crystals, part of my healing experience um, with that Reiki, um, she was a Reiki master as yep. well, um, was with crystals. I had had crystals before and it was kind of like, you know, you look them up on the internet and it's like, this one's good for finances and this one's good for this and blah and protection and blah. Um, and my first Reiki session, it was, I was a walk-in. I didn't even like book it beforehand. I just went to one of God, the It's fucking meant shops. to be, man. Yeah, it literally was. Like, it was actually crazy because I pulled up and I got out of my car and I saw this woman walking towards me and we like our eyes met and I was like, she's got really good energy. And I was like, hi. And she was like, hi. And she was like still like 50 feet away. And I like turned and I went into the metaphysical shop. And like two minutes later, she comes in the door and she's like, hi, I'm the master Reiki teacher. This is my first day or not teacher, but mas uh, Reiki master here to like set up shop. She was there like on Saturdays or whatever. Um, and I'm like, I'm here to see you. I think <laughs> shit is real. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, she also was very knowledgeable about crystals. She incorporated them a little bit into my session. And um, afterwards, I was like, hey, I'm also in the market for crystals. Like, what would you recommend for what I'm dealing with? And she's like, just choose one that calls to you. Mm -hmm. And I walked yep. through the shop and I found this wand of selenite. Mm -hmm. I'd never heard of selenite before, but it just was like glowy and it was just yeah. totally calling to me. And um, when I'm having a particularly bad pain time, it's especially bad at night, um, I'll actually stick this in the waistband of my pants because that's kind of where it's located. Um, and I thought you were going to say you stuck it somewhere else. No, this is porous. I don't recommend putting selenite or, I mean, in. a lot of crystals. Don't put it in your hoo-ha. No, um, everyone, no, 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 no. We're not going to put any no, crystals no in No crystals you. inside you. They are porous. It's not good. Infection could happen. But use them on your skin. That's fine. Um, so... Yeah, um, and it really helps me. It's like very comforting. And since then I have it all over the house. I carry one in my bag. There's always a piece of selenite on me. Um, selenite is said to be a powerful healing crystal that promotes peace and calm, mental clarity and well-being. It can also, it's also believed that this crystal can remove negative energy. And that was 100% what it meant to me. And I knew none of this when I walked through the store and just chose a crystal that spoke to me. Yeah. It was insane. <laughs> so, and yeah, yeah. Uh, Clara does actually have them all over her house, like yeah. up on top of the doorways. Yeah. And this is, yeah, important uh, part to her practice. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. I also love crystals. And I do definitely seek them out as a resource. I'm looking at it over on my altar. There is a book that you can find easily on Amazon called the crystal Bible, and it is super thick and it, it goes, it's in alphabetical order with great pictures of all the crystals and their healing properties. And it's a really, really great and very comprehensive resource for anyone who's interested in crystals. I, 
I guess I don't seek them out because of their healing properties. I seek them out because as I said before, you know, I like to surround myself in beauty, which is, you know, another part of my practice and crystals are very beautiful. (laughs) And so I, I select them because of that amethyst being my favorite, you know, purple is one of my favorite colors and amethyst are just so darn pretty. So I do also, you know, I have one here. I forgot the name, but I keep this where I work this, um, Oh, uh, possibly, Um, possibly. And I just, it may, I just kind of calms me. So it's just here by my computer. And, uh, but one, one thing I'll say is when I travel, I have a little amethyst that's in the shape of a pyramid that I carry with me when I travel because it's meant to provide protection while traveling. That's awesome. I hope that, you know, that something clicked with someone who's out there struggling with a breakup and that you, you know what, listen, when you listen to the episode, just, you know, think back, what had you feeling a little turned on and and go, go with that. Yeah. Go mm-hmm. with Claire. That. Thank you so much for suggesting that we do this I'm for so a, a long time. We're talking about it. And I'm like, oh, I don't really get where you're going with it. Yeah. Um, but th- I, I get it now. And I love the way that yeah. we just let it un- unfold. Awesome. I'm glad we did it too. And it was really fun. And um, if anyone is like an expert in these things and knows how to apply them to breakups, please approach us about being a guest on our show because I think it'd be fun. Claire, <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, you're so right. We are we are users. We're not experts in teaching mm-hmm. it. You know, we're yeah. just sharing kind of some things that we found <gasps> along the way. What a great idea. Yeah. yeah. So we'll talk to your ears very, very soon. We love you. Yeah, good luck, everyone. Thank you for listening to X-Files, a podcast about breakups, broken hearts, and moving on. If you liked this episode, please help others find us by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or by following the show on Spotify. And if you'd like to connect more with us and learn about breakup coaching, find us on Instagram at X-Files Podcast.